this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we are doing a series called Dreams Come True, and we have Rajesh Dubral here, and he is going to share his amazing story with us and how his dreams have unfolded and have come true for him. Good morning, Rajesh. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, and thank you for taking the time to be on the show. You have quite an amazing story, and rather than me share it, I'm going to let you tell our listeners um, how it all evolved for you, where you started in your childhood, and what evolved through the years for you. Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, I was born with congenital deformities um, from birth, and uh, uh, my parents had the tough decision of... Uh, me either being in a wheelchair and not being able to walk or amputating and having the possibility of being able to walk and lead, live a, a, a normal lifestyle. So they chose the, the second and they, uh, they actually amputated my legs and put some bones in them um, so that I'd be able to walk and uh, fitted me with prosthetics at the age of uh, one. So I got my first prosthetics at the age of one mm-hmm. and uh, just pretty much... Um, try to live and learn how to do things normally um, as the years progressed. Uh, before I had got my prosthetics, I was actually in a full body cast um, following the amputation. And as, as my, my mom tells me, I was crawling around and, and active and mobile mm-hmm. and not not sitting there, you know, just being immobile. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it's been an interesting journey um, throughout the years um, as each as I was growing up, I had a lot of challenges um, as a kid um, with the prosthetics side. And as growing up in New York City, I'm going to school and, and trying to blend in with everybody else. Mm-hmm. I so, can imagine that would be quite difficult and sometimes rather lonely, I guess, to be different than all the other kids. Is that right? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, back in the 80s in New York City, being different or an amputee or with, or with a disability period was, was not so mainstream as it is now and mm-hmm. and it was very lonely I had no friends and I was pretty much the outcast in my entire childhood um, always sat on the bench while everybody got to play uh, during recess and or just either picked on or um, not included in any of the events that you know after school activities and stuff like that because it was just it was always a liability to, for the school for me to be active like that so very difficult very lonely so I, I developed this wild imagination, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I've always held on to those dreams of doing things that I've always wanted to do because I had to be more self-sufficient than uh, for myself, than rather than looking for other people to help me because I didn't I just didn't have that growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, besides my besides my parents, but they weren't with me half the time, so you have to find a way how to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And so, yeah. obviously, you were moving, though, from the early age of one. It sounds like you were born with some sort of determination to be mobile, if you will. Tell the listeners a little bit about that. What is it within you that has just sparked that drive and determination that you have, or kept it going, I guess? Um, I have to say it's a combination of things. Uh, I mean, every day, I have to be honest, every day is a struggle to stay determined and to keep on persevering through challenges for me, mm-hmm. it's always been it's always been like that, even even to this day. Um, but as a young kid, it was it was just wanting to just fit in and feel normal. 
you know, and, and I rationalized it as a way to fit in a normal is was I had to, to be able to keep up with everybody and being a triple amputee, it's hard to do that. So that was my driving force to fit in and, and feel accepted mm-hmm. um, as a kid. And that that's what fueled me to keep on trying harder throughout throughout my years as a kid. And then and then there were other influences like my parents, they God bless them, they're they're just a, they're such a support tremendous support in, in everything that I do. When I was growing up they always immersed me in everything and encouraged me. So that was another support structure that I had to, to keep on giving me the, the, the courage to keep on going and doing, trying new things. So that's great. So they poured that into me too. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you're a triple amputee. So is your arm, was that another area that they had to amputate? Yeah. Well, my, well, I came out, when I was born, I, I, I'm actually missing a bone in my arm. So they actually had to put a bone in my arm. Um, so I had some sort of range of motion. So I, I have just a little piece below my elbow. So really just one, one full hand as well all I have really so that's that's my life as a triple amputee but but uh coming out but uh it's but the driving force is just my parents and mm-hmm. and just people just trying to fit in and and also just my faith I have a lot of faith in, in prayer even though I I'm, I ha- wasn't like that back in at such an early age but I, I realized coming full circle and looking back at my life that though I didn't have that it was always there and still deep within me somehow Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are the driving forces, and then just the other people that tell me that I can't, or it's, it's just a challenge of, mm-hmm. you know, to prove that, everyone that wrong. Everybody. Yeah, you know, I mean, not, mm-hmm. to me, I don't see it as mountains. Well, everybody views. I could, I, I kind of look at it as a different way. People view their mountains. People view things as mountains, and mm-hmm. and for me, it's not a mountain. It's just a challenge, mm-hmm. you know. And and fortunately or unfortunately, I had to deal with a lot of challenges as a kid, and I just got really good at being able to overcome a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I see big challenges in front of me, while the people are 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 scared about that or intimidated, I attack it mm-hmm. head 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 on straight. Mm-hmm. You know, head on is with everything that I have because that's. I know that it's not it's not a challenge. It's just it's just a little speed bump. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know, so. And you've gone yeah. on to go to college, and you're actually an IT professional. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, through through trying to fit in as a as a young kid, I, I was very good in athletics because I worked very hard to fit in um, and be and, and and show people that I can do everything. So I, I was able to go and compete at a at a competitive level and get a couple world records and, and sprinting. And then um, as I progressed, I incurred a knee injury playing volleyball for my school. And I, and I actually had to go, I actually had to put everything off on the side and, and get, get a, and, and get a real job and get a career and, mm-hmm. and go to school. So I became an IT professional and I, and it, and it suits me well because every day is a challenge in IT. It's everything, every day is different. Mm-hmm. So I graduated college, became an engineer, I worked for the city. I've been doing this for 15 years now, put mm-hmm. myself through college doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've just been blessed in, in, as far as my career and being able to work at many, many different places and dealing with a lot of critical, critical business functions. So, so I, I put, put all that on, on hold as far as sports and became gotten educated. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's been that's been grounding me since ever since I started the world of triathlons. Mm-hmm. And that was my yeah. next point that I was going to bring up, which will totally amaze our listeners that you are a triathlete and talk to us about how that kind of evolved and where you're at in that process of the races you do and things like that. Okay, well, about three years ago, I had lost myself. I was I was going through the motions of being accomplished in my career, 
I had what people saw on the outside was just all these wonderful luxuries. I had, you know, I had the, the houses, the cars, money, the nice vacations, and you know, I, I just lost what the essence of life was. I, mm-hmm. I knew there was, I knew there was more to what I had. Um, even though I was very accomplished and very blessed, I, I knew that I, there was something else I needed to do. So. I actually, I like to use that saying, you have to lose yourself to find yourself. Mm-hmm. And and, and um, even though the challenges were there every day, I needed something far more bigger than what I can ever imagine. And um, and quite frankly, something that would scare the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and that's what I needed to fire me up. So mm-hmm. I, um, I just got into triathlon, so I explained about it. And um, I just asked God to just show me a way of a different path and show me what he wanted me to, to be. Mm-hmm. Um, cause everything, I knew, I, I knew I was missing something in my life. So, mm-hmm. so with, within those two years of, of transitioning, um, triathlons just was something that scared, scared me. I didn't think I could actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I signed up, I signed up three months prior to my first sprint race last year. It was in June and I, I signed up, I signed up for that and I trained three months prior to that race with no equipment, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I just, and that's what started, that's what kickstarted my journey towards mm-hmm. triathlon. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. apparently you're doing quite well at this. You're a very good athlete from my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, some would say, yeah, I still a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of challenges. Uh, I, I, I did my first sprint triathlon on my walking legs. I had, I never, I, I was not barely able to swim the length of a 25 yard pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grinded it out for three months and um, I did my first sprint and I barely finished it. I had all sorts of issues, fell on the bike, leg cramp that had me down to a walk for the last three miles of my run. And mm. it, it was just, it was just very, very hard, but mm-hmm. it was so rewarding at the, at the process because I knew that what I needed Mm-hmm. to do to finish that was my path I felt that, that that's what I needed to do so so, so um, you feel like being a triathlete is your destiny if you will um, I don't know if it's my destiny but I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm doing the right thing now like I feel like I'm giving back and us- utilizing all the gifts that mm-hmm. I have been mm-hmm. blessed with Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's something that's it's a different part of my life that I've never thought that I can possibly do, and I'm able to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So it's more like I'm, I feel like I'm soaring now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, it, it's just very rewarding because it's hard to put into words. It's more like a feeling mm-hmm. when when I when I go out there and I and I do a race, and I'm not the fastest, but. I'm able to touch so many people in, in the process. That's mm-hmm. the rewarding part of it, you know. And I and I, that to me, I feel like that's what God wanted me to do is to, to show the power of what He has and and who He stands for. When I go out there and I represent that, you know, I don't represent myself. I represent my faith and what that what that has brought me onto that road for mm-hmm. me to do. That makes sense. So that absolutely so. makes sense, and I think that that is the most awesome thing that you can share with other people is that dreams do come true, and they come true because we find that part within us that drives us to continue on and to go forward and to keep trying, even though it may seem um, hopeless at times or very discouraging. There's so much more that's possible, as you well know. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, my first try was I, I was building my own sneakers so I can be able to run. I modified my own bike. I I had different legs for the swim, and 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 there was every, and I was injuring myself training because I did not have the right prosthetic equipment. Mm-hmm. And and I my knees are not they're not fully developed. Also, they're they're congenital, and I have problems with knee stability and strength. So, so I had all those issues going on, and there were days where I would be, I would be icing my legs down for the entire day because of 
the training the previous day and I and I there was no way I could have kept on going if I didn't have that faith to keep on pushing forward when I didn't see a way there was a way so I finished that that sprint in June last June mm-hmm. and then I did another one I did another one in October the same the same I had a little bit better equipment but I still was running on my walking legs and I didn't I didn't at, at that point I didn't know if I was going to keep on going because it was it was really taxing on my body mm-hmm. but I kept on moving forward because I knew uh, I had this drive within me that this is what I need to be doing right now mm-hmm. so I continued training I I found the right people started coming into my life and started helping me make things happen and I progressed to Olympic triathlon that same year in December in Miami and I finished that one and then uh, I just I, I, I had everybody telling me to to do it their way do it their way or don't do it and, and I just I, I tuned out everybody I just mm-hmm. listened to one voice and I focused in on what I wanted to do and I knew and I and I, and I outlined the steps that I needed to do it and mm-hmm. and I went and I, I contacted people uh, and some people helped me some people didn't want to and I I took inventory of all that, all of that, and I started making the right decisions based on the goal that I wanted to meet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got finally got the right equipment and met the right people in in January. Mm-hmm. And and after that, I was able to train a lot harder, be able to push myself more without traumatizing myself. Mm-hmm. As a result of my hard work and training, and just meeting the right people, there's there's been so much so much tremendous support um, and inspiration coming from people outside of people that I don't even know to people that I've met along the journey. Mm-hmm. And that has catapulted me to be able to do my first Ironman in May at the Disney um, course. Mm-hmm. And and then um, with that, I progressed and I signed up for the Hawaii Ironman in the lottery, thinking I was not going to get it. And then they selected me. <laughs> wow. Awesome. And yeah. I think uh, that's a really good point to bring up to our listeners is um, – not just that you have to have that drive and perseverance, but as you said, when you were younger, you couldn't let people tell you that something wasn't possible. You couldn't let them tell you no. And now as you're older, you have to make sure that you're listening to yourself and others who are doing things the way that you need to do them. So it's kind of the flip side of, okay, you don't have to listen to what others always want from us or how they drive us. We have to keep in mind what our real goal is and what our values are. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You have to do things to preserve your dignity. You have to protect your mind. You have to protect your heart mm-hmm. at all costs. I mean, because you, you, you look out there in the world and you see the news, and the news is just depressing. Mm-hmm. And then you have also gossip that is depressing. And then and you have it any, everywhere. You And you have to really just focus in on what you want to do and set your goals and just listen to yourself. I mean, you, I had, I had my closest family telling me to stop when I was hurting myself and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, why am I doing this? And some people were support me and some people were very judgmental, but I, you know, you you just have to, you know, tune everybody out and just do what you want to do. And, and, you know, and, and I think the most important thing is, is, is you don't necessarily need to see the finish line and how you're going to do it. You know, some people wait till everything is, all the cards are lined up and then they go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that never happens, you know? Most of the time it never happens and you really look, think about it until your back is against the wall and you really got to start making some serious life changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that I, that's the most important part is, you know, you don't need to see where you're going in order mm-hmm. to get there. You, you just need to make those steps in order to reach that end goal, right. you know? 
Exactly. And keep and your focus. Yes. Yes. Keep your focus and tune out the people who won't be there supporting you or, and, and get the right people in the mix and, and get your, get your mind straight and, and practice it. And because it, it takes a lot of practice to, to stay focused and disciplined to, to make the hard choices and wake or, you know, waking up at three thirty in the morning to start running before work or don't do it, you know, mm-hmm. choices like that. Right. Yeah. Those are some so, pretty difficult yeah. choices to make. I think sometimes when, you know, you're just tired or ready for a change or a rest. But again, if you keep going, you can really accomplish so much more and feel that feeling of being fulfilled. Exactly. exactly. And so tell the listeners, if you will, what does a day consist of? for you is it always that you're in training or are you in a different mode right now because you're getting ready for the Ironman well since triathlons it's been training always um for the last year and a half my my typical day usually is wake up at five o'clock in the morning go out for a run depending on what I'm doing either I'm running or swimming in the morning for at least an hour get to work take a shower go to work full eight hour nine hour day get home work out again either spin classes or running or swimming depending on what the what the workout is of the day and uh go home and get something to eat and be in bed by like 9 30 10 for the latest and i do that every day except friday friday is my day off and then then my weekends are are longer workouts four or five hours long Mm-hmm. That's my typical days. Uh, I work a full-time job, 45 hours a week, and put in an average of 15 hours to 20 hours of training. Wow! Um, so it's very hard, very hard to balance, but you have to stay very disciplined and very organized. Mm-hmm. And how do you yeah. find the energy? I mean, I know that when you're an athlete, you know, over time you build up your energy level and your resistance to certain things. But how do you find that energy all the time to just keep going with that? sort of schedule? I have a number of things that I do. Um, I have my first races right at my bedside. When I wake up, I see my first race numbers of my two 5Ks that I walked. I look at all of those, my first races of last year that's led up to this point, and that motivates me to keep on getting up, continue to keep on working out, because it reminds me of where I was and how far I've come, so it's mm-hmm. not give up. Two, I eat six to seven meals a day, and I, I, eat, I eat very well. I try to eat very well, very well. I have some awesome nutrition sponsors that give me mix one nutrition and and I, I I eat a lot of fish and just a lot of whole grains and mixed trail nuts and you know yogurts and mm-hmm. stuff that I can consume very very fast for fuel. Mm-hmm. Three is sleep. I get mm-hmm. my sleep. I get to bed early. Make sure I get my sleep. That's what keeps me going. Gives me the energy to keep on going. Right. That's good. Good to know and good to share with listeners because sometimes that's part of the key that's missing is when they're lacking energy, they can't fulfill some of their goals, whether they're athletic ones or others. So that's a good point to share that that needs to be consistent also. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say that 80% of it's nutrition. I make sure, My nutrition is very, very tight. I get specific amount of calories and I, and I instantly feel it if I eat garbage. I instantly feel it the next day or later on in that day so i i make sure i eat very well salads and because it, 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 it is it, it's your body's like you know it's a temple it's you know it's, it's you got to put whatever fuel you put in is what you're going to get out so mm-hmm. i've learned to eat very well and no mcdonald's no sodas nothing like that mm-hmm. <laughs> makes sense so yeah. what do you hope from here as far as your triathlete career what are you hoping for for the future or what are your plans well my when i go to hawaii and uh just being there is going to be an awesome experience i'm, I'm using that as a platform to 
devote myself to helping to develop new prosthetic gear that I have new ideas for that's not available right now for amputees. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to get more involved in that and make that more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'd also like to advocate to to um, more or less open up the industry of prosthetics um, mm-hmm. for amputees to share and, and trade knowledge and because um, there's a lot of that that's very custom work and and there's not a lot of cross training and and sharing of new technologies and mm-hmm. um, and ideas. I'd like to do that and and I'd also like to just help out with the other amputees around Orlando, Central Florida, and give them opportunities to be able to be active and, and ultimately become future leaders. And because uh, you never know what people are capable of doing when you give them the right opportunity, that's or what right. potential they have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes so, I think that's part of it is someone believing in, in them and then also another person like you showing them what can be done with the challenges that you've gone through in your life. Exactly. I'd, I'd like to give that back to some of the amputees in Central Florida and maybe start up a, a little triathlon training camp out here maybe annually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and maybe and partner with my coach because she, she puts on races and maybe we would do some something more specific to physically challenge people. Mm-hmm. That so, sounds awesome. And yeah. are you blogging your experiences? Or I noticed there were a couple things on the web about you, but I didn't know if you were writing anything yourself or sharing this journey um, in a blog or journal form? I do video logs, training video logs. Um, I also document all my, my my journey through my, my foundation called Live Free. Uh, most of my videos are there and my pictures and by any kind of write-ups that are about me, I, I post them there. But most of my stuff is on YouTube, my training and my, my, my training logs and my video logs. Uh, okay. So, and you yeah. have a website for Live Free? Yes, it's uh, www.live-free.net. That's my foundation. Get most of, the, uh, my, most of my current information is there, okay. what I'm doing. And did you set yeah. up the foundation then to share information um, with other amputees and other athletes? Yes, and I did it also to uh, another another goal of mine is to do um, IT training for physically challenged people and job placement. Mm-hmm. So that that was that's why I set up that foundation so I can be able to get in order to start up an IT school and provide education for physically challenged people. That's awesome. So that yeah that's. Because long story, my dad does a lot of government work, and he's done millions of dollars for the government as far as building projects in New York City mm-hmm. for physically challenged people. So he wants to do something in Florida and help me out along the way and, and really make an impact since we have this platform. Mm-hmm. Do, some, an- do some positive good good in this world, you know? Very good. That's awesome. So not only are your dreams coming true, but you're also really giving back so much to the community and to so many. And um, on the YouTube, can people find you by your name or would they find you by Live Free? They can find me by my name. Okay. Most, most, of, the time, most of the videos are tied by my name. Um, I do have a Live Free channel there, so they can also tune into the channel. Would you spell your name for everyone so that they can get that correctly? Sure. It's R-A-J-E-S-H. It's my first name and my last name is D-U-R-B as in boy, A-L. Great. That way if any of the listeners want to go check out YouTube or your site at livefree.net. They'll have the appropriate information. And I really appreciate you taking the time, um, Rajesh, to share your story with us. And I know it will encourage and inspire so many people. And I just wish you the best in your endeavors. And I'm really excited to see what happens next. It feels like there's going to be a lot more 
great things that come your way and that happen through your organization. And I'd love to invite you back at some point to share an update about all that because I know it's going to be really exciting. <laughs> Definitely. I, well, I'm a, it's been a pleasure to be on your show. It helps share my story. Thank you very much. That's what we're trying to do here at Your Story Matters is to encourage and inspire others. And definitely with this series, Dreams Come True, you certainly fit the bill for that um, statement. And I just, again, applaud you for all that you're doing and for your perseverance in overcoming your challenges. Uh, thank you so much, Angela. It's been a pleasure. Thanks.